chapters fifteen and sixteen of biography of an american bondman by his daughter by josephine brown this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter fifteen where'er a human voice is heard in witness for the true and right where'er a human heart is stirred to mingle in faith's glorious fight that voice revere that heart sustain it shall not be to thee in vain having some three months leisure time during the winter mr brown began in the autumn of eighteen forty three to speak on the subject of american slavery not satisfied with merely gaining his own freedom he felt it to be his duty to work for others and in the language of the poet he would ask himself is true freedom but to break fetters for our own dear sake and with leather hearts forget that we owe mankind a debt no true freedom is to share all the chains our brothers wear and with heart and hand to be earnest to make others free with this feeling he went forth to battle against slavery at the south and its offspring prejudice against colored people at the north buffalo and its vicinity was at that time one of the worst places in the state with the exception of new york city for colored persons hatred to the blacks had closed all the schools against colored children and the negro pew was the only place in the church where the despised race were permitted to have a seat mr brown not only combated this unnatural prejudice in buffalo but also in the surrounding towns on one occasion he visited the town of attica to give a lecture on slavery and so great was the hatred to the negro that after the meeting was over he looked in vain for a place to lodge for the night after visiting every tavern in the village he returned to the vestry of the church and entering it remained until morning the night was a bitter cold one and mr brown walked the aisle from eleven at night till six the next morning one year after he lectured in the same place and the little seed left there twelve months before had taken root and mr brown found more than one person willing to take him in if there is one thing at the north which seems more cruel and hateful than another connected with american slavery it is the way in which colored persons are treated by the whites the withering influence which this hatred exerts against the elevation of the free colored people can scarcely be imagined wherever the black man makes his appearance in the united states he meets this hatred in some sections of the country it is worse than in others as you advance nearer to the slave states you feel this prejudice the more twenty years ago if colored persons travelled by steamboat they were put on the deck if by coach on the outside if by railway in the jim crow car even the respectable eating saloons have been closed against colored persons in new york and philadelphia the despised race are still excluded from most places of refreshment to the everlasting shame of the church she still holds on to this unchristian practice of separating persons on account of their complexion in the refined city of boston there was a church as late as eighteen forty seven deeded its pews upon condition that no colored person should ever be permitted to enter them 
most of these churches have a place set off in the gallery where the negro may go if he pleases a new york d d while on a visit to england some years since was charged by a london divine with putting his colored members in the furthest part of the gallery the american clergyman with a long face and upturned eyes exclaimed ah my dear brother i think more of my colored members than i do of the whites and therefore i place them in the top of the house so as to get them nearer to heaven charles lennox remond during the many years that he has labored in the anti-slavery cause has in all probability experienced greater insults and more hardships than any other person of color to hear him relate what he has undergone while traveling to and from the places of his meetings makes one's blood chill this pretended fastidiousness on the part of the whites has produced some of the most ridiculous scenes william wells brown while traveling through ohio in eighteen forty four went from sandusky to republic on the mad river and lake erie railroad on arriving at sandusky he learned that colored people were not allowed to take seats in the cars with whites and that as there was no jim crow car on that road blacks were generally made to ride in the baggage car mr brown however went into one of the best passenger cars seated himself crossed his legs and looked as unconcerned as if the car had been made for his sole use at length one of the railway officials entered the car and asked him what he was doing there i'm going to republic said mr brown you can't ride here said the conductor yes i can returned the colored man no you can't rejoined the railway man why inquired mr brown because we don't allow niggers to ride with white people replied the conductor well i shall remain here said mr brown you will see pretty soon whether you will or not retorted the railway man and he turned to leave the car by this time the passengers were filling up the seats and everything being made ready to start after an absence of a few minutes the conductor again entered the car accompanied by two stout men and took mr brown by the collar and pulled him out pressing business demanded that mr brown should go and buy that train he therefore got into the freight car just as the train was moving off seating himself on a flour barrel he took from his pocket the last number of the liberator and began reading it on went the train making its usual stops until within four or five miles of republic when the conductor who by the by was the same man who had moved mr brown from the passenger car demanded his ticket i have no ticket returned he then i will take your fare said the conductor how much is it inquired mr brown one dollar and a quarter was the answer how much do you charge those who ride in the passenger cars inquired the colored man the same said the conductor do you suppose that i will pay the same price for riding up here in the freight car that those do who are in the passenger car asked mr brown certainly replied the conductor well you are very much mistaken if you think any such thing said the passenger come black man out with your money and none of your nonsense with me said the conductor i won't pay you the price you demand and that's the end of it said mr brown don't you intend paying your fare inquired the conductor yes replied the colored man but i won't pay you a dollar and a quarter what do you intend to pay then demanded the official i will pay what's right but i don't intend to give you all that sum well then said the conductor as you have had to ride in the freight car give me one dollar and you may go i won't do any such thing returned mr brown why won't you inquired the railway man if i had come in the passenger car i would have paid as much as others do but i won't ride up here on a flour barrel and pay you a dollar 
you think yourself as good as white people i suppose said the conductor and his eyes flashed as if he meant what he said well being you seem to feel so bad because you had to ride in the freight car give me seventy-five cents and i'll say no more about it continued he no i won't if i had been permitted to ride with the other passengers i would pay what you first demanded but i won't pay seventy-five cents for riding up here astride a flour-barrel in the hot sun don't you intend paying anything at all asked the conductor yes i will pay what is right give me half a dollar and i will say no more about it no i won't returned the other i shall not pay fifty cents for riding in a freight-car what will you pay then demanded the conductor what do you charge per hundred on this road asked mr brown twenty-five cents asked the conductor then will i pay you thirty-seven and a half cents said the passenger for i weigh just one hundred and fifty pounds do you expect to get off by paying that trifling sum i have come as freight and i will pay for freight and nothing more said mr brown the conductor took his thirty-seven and a half cents declaring as he left the car that that was the most impudent negro that ever travelled on that road End of chapter fifteen chapter sixteen for tis the mind that makes the body rich and as the sun breaks through the darkest clouds so honour peereth in the meanest habit the subject of our memoir no sooner felt himself safe from the pursuit of the southern bloodhounds than he began to seek for that which the system of slavery had denied him while one of its victims during the first five years of his freedom his chief companion was a book either an arithmetic a spelling-book a grammar or a history though he never went through any systematic course of study he nevertheless has mastered more in useful education than many who have had better privileges after lecturing in the anti-slavery cause for more than five years mr brown was invited to visit great britain he at first declined but being urged by many friends of the slave in the old world he at last in the summer of eighteen forty nine resolved to go as soon as it was understood that the fugitive slave was going abroad the american peace society elected him as a delegate to represent them at the peace congress at paris without any solicitation the executive committee of the american anti-slavery society strongly recommended mr brown to the friends of freedom in great britain the president of the above society gave him private letters to some of the leading men and women in europe in addition to these the colored citizens of boston held a meeting the evening previous to his departure and gave mr brown a public farewell and passed resolutions commending him to the confidence and hospitality of all lovers of liberty in the motherland such were the auspices under which this self-educated man sailed for england on the eighteenth of july eighteen forty nine without being a salaried agent or any promise of remuneration from persons either in europe or america the subject of our narrative arrived at liverpool after a passage of a few hours less than ten days End of chapter sixteen